0: Welcome to episode 101 of Talking Wild Madness. This is Adam and this episode is brought to you by Adam's latest novel, which is available on Amazon if you're listening from outside of Australia and also on adammorris.net online. Uh, welcome to the show I can sit welcome to the show I'm not sure we should call it a show uh, I, w- I was having a discussion with someone recently and they I, I referred to it as the show and they said is it a show I said well what do you think it is and they said well it's more of a yeah, it's more of a introspective uh, dialogue inner dialogue whatever that means I'm not sure Um, well, for the sake of for the sake of uh, brevity and wit, as Claudius said in Hamlet, we'll call it a show. Not sure actually. No, not not Claudius. Polonius. I think Polonius was Laertes' dad, and uh, Claudius is the king, the second king, I think. I'm not sure. Who knows? The, I always the the problem with listening to Shakespeare in a modern day is all those ridiculous old names. And when someone tries to describe the plot, the plot is like the weakest part of all the Shakespeare plays. Now, you might think, Adam, who are you to talk about Shakespeare and Shakespeare's plays? And for the first time in my life, I can actually say I'm like the guy in Annie Hall in the Woody Allen movie. Well, I actually teach a class on Shakespeare at the University of Western Australia on Shakespeare. Uh, I had to suffer through the tempest this semester uh, as a teacher. Now, let let me try and... Try and explain just how, how difficult the, the, the layers of, of complex emotions and guilt uh, are, are very, very intense. I, I'm, I am a huge Shakespeare fan, but in a very small dose. I like Shakespeare the way I like Metallica. I like listening to Metallica. I think they're a great band. One of my favorite films of all time. Forget documentaries of all time or forget musical documentaries. One of my actually favorite films of all time is the Metallica documentary, Some Kind of Monster. I've probably seen it, I don't know, 50 times. Uh, When I saw it, I think I was 27 years old. It inspired me to start my band, Murder Mouse Blues Band. We're still playing. 14 years later uh the last gig we played was up in a mine site in the in the Pilbara. uh it's last year now no no it was in january this year it's two two three months ago um we didn't get to the heights of metallica but man we made it we made some um good decent money and we and we we played in malaysia we played in singapore we played in australia we played in canada and the only reason we stopped touring was because myself and uh, john uh, had children, so we, so we stopped playing. John was the guitarist. John was, uh, John was, who would he have been? He was Kirk Hammond, I think, but I think I was Lars. If the analogy stands, I was Lars and James combined. I think I'm not sure. I don't know if uh, if 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 that's if that's the case. Um. So I like a bit of Metallica, but I only like a bit of it. And I love Shakespeare, but I can only Hamlet is probably the best, uh, and then Othello, and then King Lear, and even King Lear has its issues with me. And then I can't do it over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, the Tempest—I I was introduced to the Tempest for the first time. My lord, I didn't get it. I don't understand it. I didn't. I didn't get. I didn't make any heads, heads or, nor tails of it. It, it was a peculiar, uh, peculiar thing. And it might have been because I saw the 2010 film version of it to introduce me to it. Because these Shakespeare things are not supposed to be read. They're supposed to be watched. They're plays. So you're supposed to either watch a play or you're supposed to uh, watch a film. Oh, Macbeth. I am a big Macbeth fan. But not, my Lord, The Tempest. I literally had no idea what was happening and that might have had something to do with helen mirren and russell brand but i'm not sure and i won't hold them accountable Um, they did a fine job i I think i think they might have done a fine job but uh that, that was hard work that was hard work to sit through but thinking of art forms thinking of oh by the way if you have a question for uh uh for me I was about to say, if you have a question for Talking Wild Madness, but if you do have any questions, uh, email the question to talkingwildmadness at gmail and uh, I'll, I'll, if I can get to it, I'll, I'll, I'll try and talk about uh, whatever your whatever your question happens to be. Um, on the consideration of what the greatest art form is, if you were to have a desert island art form, what would it be? So if you were to have, obviously, a Desert Island film or a Desert Island sandwich or a Desert... Desert Island company basically is marriage, really, isn't it? If you were to have a Desert Island relationship, that's 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 what you're choosing. Uh, but Desert Island art form. Previously, for me, that would always be song. Previously, but I think it's different. I think I've changed my mind. and And the art form that I would... I would consider to be the desert island art form. If you, if you could only have one art form in the world, um, I I think my answer might be particularly peculiar. I don't know if it is, if it would be what most people might consider. And this is not, this is not a, a, an attempt at a tease or anything like that. Um, this is the truth and you're, You're, I was about to say, you're dealing with, uh, I'm a writer, I'm a novelist, I'm a musician, uh, and I'm on the cusp of being a filmmaker. I'm on the cusp of being a filmmaker. We're actually having a screening of the rough cut of Edward and Isabella tonight. And I even bought a, a slab of smoked salmon just to try and tide the viewers over. The viewers will be myself and Talara who is also the editor so uh i only mentioned that not to say oh i'm this and i'm that but i mentioned that to say that i have been considering songwriting to the point where i've worked at it i've been considering that for uh 20 plus years uh, novel writing i've been involved in that and considering that to the point where i was making a living out of it uh, for 10 plus years now filmmaking i've only really been doing that for one plus years um, but i'm just saying there are there are i have dipped my toe in the water of different art forms uh painting i've i've tr- i have tried painting and one of my paintings is actually on one of my novels, my, my latest novel that, that this episode is brought to you by, which is Bird. If you did want to check out the cover of Bird, not to buy the book, this is not a sneaky snails, snails sneaky snails pitch. I don't know what a sneaky snails pitch would look like. It would be very slow, very large, but this is not a sneaky sales or snails pitch. Uh, but one of my paintings is, is on the book. I, I wouldn't consider myself a painter. I would consider myself... A songwriter, and I would consider myself a novelist. And depending on how the screening goes tonight, I, I, I think I preemptively I might even possibly consider myself a filmmaker. I think I I think I might might do a half decent job with it. Uh, and I only mention that as if to as if to I suppose sell you on the idea that I am familiar with with certain art forms. I'm. Uh, uh, I, I, at least I'm aware of them, that's all. So what are the contenders for the greatest art form? Um, obviously you'd have to have song in there. And for me, that used to, that was the first one that was number one. And, and for me, the, the songwriting was, was number one because of its impact, it was instant. It had that magical sense to it where you could have someone, particularly live music. There's that great Neil Young uh, album where there's a song on it and, and it says live music live music is better or something like that uh if you have someone just with a guitar singing to you and obviously they have to be worth some some salt, but if they're half decent it's a beautiful beautiful thing it has great impact and it can uh you literally can be brought to tears within minutes within minutes you can be brought to tears and it, if the songwriting is good and the singing is good and the, the, the delivery is good, you can be brought to tears a hell of a lot quicker than than minutes. It literally can take seconds. Um, and it has that sense, of that calming sense. It has that that ability to soothe and uh, temper your anxiety and madness and, and sadness uh, all, all, all at once. Um, I'd actually be interested to find out the origin, the root word of madness, of mad and and sad and see if they are in any way related, Um, whether they are or not, whether they should be or not. I think we could maybe do with more of a contemplation on um, melancholy and uh, blue mood, I think. I think that would be a hell of a lot of pressure on people in, the, in um, I think, and I, I was almost about to say in the modern world there's a hell of a lot of pressure on people to to uh, appear happy. Nikki Gemmel, the Australian author, who for my money still has written one of the great Australian novels, uh, her first book which she published anonymously, which is a combined courageous act of, of, of tempered cowardice. Um, she said that women get around the world get 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 through the everyday world with a veil of niceness on them and you can uh, you can certainly you can witness this you can witness this particularly when women interact with other women everything is very positive and very happy and nice everything's very very nice uh, w- and then if you ever if you ever if you are if <laughs> you're lucky enough to witness Women after one woman, one woman has left that company of women. Uh, not all the time, but a lot of the time, those women will speak about that woman in a different tone uh, when they did when that woman was around. Which is the reverse for men. Groups of men will will abuse each other and then talk well of of that particular man once he's left that particular group. Which is which is quite um, uh, well. That's quite odd. It uh, yeah, it's very very odd, and the whole thing's odd. The whole thing's very very strange. Uh, books. I don't think books are one of the desert island highest art forms because they're so inaccessible to a lot of people. Uh, and coming as a coming from, and again, this is not to uh, this is not to fluff up myself, so to speak, but as a writer of books, some books, most books, are still unintelligible and uh, uh are 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 what's what's the word i'm looking for um you just can't you can't reckon with them you can't deal with them you can't handle them and when i say you can't i mean i can't There's, there there are books where I, there are celebrated books that i have picked up and read that i can't Make head or tail of it. If it was a coin and it landed on the ground, I couldn't tell you if it, if it was a head or a tail, in that kind of sense. So there, there is a, and there's a, there's a, an illusion and a trick that I think a lot of novelists unconsciously uh, exploit for 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 readers. There's a very Emperor's New Clothes vibe to novels that I think a lot of writers exploit, again, unconsciously, subconsciously, or consciously, um, where there's just too much. There's too much There's too much text. There's too much information. There's too much lyricism. There's too much plot, the opposite of Shakespeare, where there's no plot, or when it's the most uninteresting part of, of a Shakespeare play is, is the plot. If you were to explain the plot of, say, The Tempest, which in my head at the moment, and maybe it's just because I've just, Maybe this will embarrass me later on more so than the other podcast. But maybe because the tempest has just been introduced to me, I can't I can't make heads or tails of it. If it was a game of two up and and the tempest play was one of the coins, I'd be I'd be fucked. Um. So the plot being one of the most least interesting parts. When it comes to hypnotizing the reader, you can also hypnotize. You can just confuse the reader, which I suppose is another element another another variant of 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 hypnotizing the 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 reader Um, but i for that reason i wouldn't choose i wouldn't choose writing as as the greatest art form i wouldn't choose now how i like i said i would have chosen songs as the greatest art form um but now i i don't think we even need to talk about interpretive dance and I'm sorry for all the interpretive dancers out there, and I've probably lost a few interpretive dance company sponsors for the podcast. Oh, we have some new sponsors coming on board actually uh, in in uh, in the next in the next week, which will be exciting. They're um, yeah, looking forward to looking forward to having them on. Um, so we're going to throw out interpretive dance. We're going to throw out all dancing. Now, why are we throwing it all dancing? Because if you have a desert island art form, you're on the desert island. That means you also have to have a dancer on the desert island with you. Uh, and I don't think I want to deal with a dancer for, for uh, 30, 40 years while I'm while I'm Robinson Crusoe-ing my, uh, my golden years away. I don't think I want to have someone in, uh, you know, calf-length yoga pants strutting around the place with it with a flawless uh, body gyrating to uh, to rhythms they can only hear or heaven forbid they've brought a drum along and they want to drum and dance at the same time or they drag you in and then all of a sudden you're robinson crusoeing and you're part of a dance company and you're the guy on the side with the bongo drum and, and they're prancing up and down the sand this reminds me of russell brand in in the tempest yeah which is the last things, well, certainly the Tempest and certainly Russell Brand. Although I would like to have a cup of tea with Russell Brand.